There's something very unnerving about the idea of a body being found in a strange place. We have compassion, at least most of us do, for our fellow human beings, and so ideally, we can all go out peacefully, but that's not a given. Usually, if a body is found in a weird place, then there's an even stranger or more sinister story behind how it got there in the first place. And today, we're looking into five of these stories. Welcome, guys, to our Patreon-only patrons-exclusive video. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this one. Here are five corpses found in strange places. Number five, Magdalena Romero. In the quiet town of Taxco in southern Mexico, its tranquility was shattered by an unthinkable act of cruelty that is as vile as it gets. Magdalena Romero, a 25-year-old mother, disappeared without a trace on January 13th of 2018, only to be discovered under terrifying circumstances the news of her fate forever scarring this tight-knit community. Romero was last seen on that fateful morning, leaving her home as she was headed to her ex-husband's house to pick up her kids. And after that, she vanished. During the investigation, police headed to the ex's house, and inside Caesar Asianega's home, an unthinkable discovery was made. Magdalena's remains were found gruesomely dismembered and distributed throughout the kitchen. From the start, it was clear that parts of her body had been cooked. Inside a pot on the stove, they found Romero's arms and legs. An already cooked pelvis was located in a bag near the stove. Chillingly, the rest of her body was found stored in a nearby refrigerator. In the aftermath of the gruesome discovery, the local police launched an investigation into Arcienega, focusing on femicide, a term for the killing of a woman when the motive is directly related to the victim's gender. The details of Arcienega's current status or any charges against him remain unclear, but it appears after killing his ex-wife by strangling her, possibly in front of their kids, he then cooked her before fleeing with the children in tow. The government of Taxco described the act as a cowardly murder that has caused irreversible harm to their society, and they reiterated their commitment to rebuild the social fabric and assured all possible support for the bereaved family, demanding that the full weight of the law be brought down on those responsible. Unfortunately, though, Romero's horrific end was not an isolated incident. A report co-released by the Mexican government and the UN Women Agency noted a disturbing trend. Murders of women in the country have surged dramatically over the past decade, reversing a two-decades-long decline. The numbers are staggering. Of the 52,210 killings of women reported in Mexico since 1985, nearly a third occurred after 2012. Disturbingly, the region of Guerrero, where Taxco is located, was identified as having the second-highest femicide rate in 2016. Number 4. Death of Koneka Jenkins On September 8th of 2017, 19-year-old student Koneka Jenkins attended a party 
held at the Crown Plaza, Chicago O'Hare Hotel in Rosemont, just a suburb away from her home. The party got kicking at around 11.30 p.m. in room 926, but soon it would turn into a macabre nightmare. Witnesses said they noticed that Jenkins was clearly intoxicated, appearing to sway as she hugged an acquaintance and generally stumbling around. While she was seen sipping on cognac, no one reported seeing her partake in any other substances. But beyond this, as the night progressed, her friends remarked that she wasn't acting like her usual self, as she seemed to sway between moments of celebration and melancholy. CCTV footage later revealed Jenkins staggering near the hotel's front desk at 3.20 a.m. About an hour later, Jenkins then disappeared and her friends, in a panic, reached out to her mother, Teresa Martin. Martin arrived at the hotel around 5.30 a.m., starting a desperate search that had her knocking on guest doors from the top floor to the bottom, pleading for information. Unfortunately, her efforts were hindered by the hotel's policy that required a missing persons report before access to the previous night's video footage could be granted. By the time the police officially reported Jenkins missing at 1.15 p.m. on Saturday, precious hours had been lost. When law enforcement finally did review the footage, it was 10 p.m., and that's where they spotted Jenkins stumbling through the hotel. The footage never showed her leaving that place, and it looked like, perhaps in an attempt to find room 926 again, she made her way to a stairwell that led downstairs. The unsettling images on camera did not prepare them for the gruesome discovery that awaited down there. In the hotel's walk-in freezer, Jenkins was then found lifeless inside. One shoe was off and there was a small cut on her foot. The only indication of trauma really amidst the chilly 35-degree Fahrenheit air was the heartbreaking fact of her premature death. It appeared as if she just went inside the freezer and then couldn't get out. The hotel's unused kitchen, though, which housed this freezer, posed its own unsettling questions. Why was it running in the first place, given the kitchen's disuse? And who's responsible for shutting the lights off from the outside, plunging the freezer into darkness? Security cameras captured Jenkins rounding a corner towards the freezer, but they never showed her entering it, adding another layer of uncertainty. The autopsy conducted by the Cook County Medical Examiner's Office ruled Jenkins' death as an accident, caused by a lethal combination of alcohol and topiramate, an epilepsy medication that Jenkins was not prescribed. The interaction of these substances would have accelerated the effects of hypothermia. Despite this, the Rosemont Police Department maintained their investigation was incomplete, leaving the door open to speculation and doubt. Friends inconsistent accounts, a lawsuit filed against the hotel for $50 million, and a supposedly locked freezer door added fuel to this mystery, as it kept the story in the headlines. So, was it a tragic accident? A case of a girl being intoxicated and stumbling into the wrong door? Or was there something more sinister at play? Number three, Sony Millbrook. 
Mother of five, 28-year-old Sunny Millbrook lived in Memphis, Tennessee, and her life revolved around her children and providing for them. But on a cold day in January of 2010, her routine life took a strange turn. She was first reported missing when she failed to pick up her children from school as it was very out of character. Family members were notified by the school, and so they rushed the Budget Lodge Motel where she had been staying. There was no answer to their frantic knocks. Repeated attempts to contact her on January 27th and 28th resulted in nothing whatsoever, and so everyone was becoming deeply concerned. Sonny's cousin told reporters on February 2nd she had dropped the younger children off at daycare, she dropped the older children off at school, and what happened next is a mystery to the family. Motel staff provided little help, and their last sighting of Sony was on January 27th. An employee told police that her room had been locked up and that she hadn't paid her rent. So, did she run away? Well, that made no sense for those who knew the loving mother who would do anything for her children. A grim picture began to emerge when it was discovered that all her personal belongings were still in that room. Her case was then escalated to a missing person, but the trail was cold as Sony hadn't drawn any money from the bank or used a credit card or had been seen. Her family then had to pack up her belongings, a painful task burdened with uncertainty and that room went on to be rented out several more times over the next six weeks. And this case then took a gruesome turn on Monday, March 15th, when the motel staff was struck by a foul odor coming from the room. A shocking discovery awaited. Sony's badly decomposed body was found inside the metal box frame of the bed that was used to support the mattress and box springs. Her family... And Memphis as a whole was shocked and saddened at the news. But who could have possibly done such a vile act? During interviews, it was with her family, who revealed that her ex-boyfriend, Lakeith Moody, the father of her children, had recently been released from jail. The man was quickly brought in for questioning, but denied any wrongdoing. But they were able to hold him on a gun charge, adding another layer of intrigue to this grisly mystery. About four years later, he was brought to trial, where it was discovered he had strangled the woman before stuffing her inside that bed. As a result, he received a lifetime in jail. Number two, Oakley Snow. Recently in Indiana, the tragic life and death of a one-year-old girl named Oakley Snow left the nation in shock. The chilling tale of Oakley's short life reveals a pattern of neglect, abuse, and complete horror. Oakley's mother, Madison Marshall, and her boyfriend, Rowan Waters, stand accused of a grisly crime. The abduction of Oakley and her baby brother from their father's home in Oklahoma on January 19, 2023. The pair then drove back home, where they left Oakley's brother in an Indianapolis drug house family members discovered him and reported the abandonment to the Indiana Department of Child Services. The whereabouts of Oakley, however, remained a mystery. 
Reports indicate that a witness saw Marshall and Waters leaving the drug house with what looked like a child wrapped in a blanket. This child, horrifyingly, did not appear to be moving, talking, or crying. Investigators soon came to believe that that child was Oakley and that she was dead and Marshall and Waters had disposed of her body somewhere in Indiana. With police pressuring them for answers for three months, a distraught Marshall finally led the officers to an abandoned home in Morgantown. It was there, in a dresser drawer, that she pointed to, that officers opened up and at the bottom found the child's badly decomposed remains. Madison told the police that Waters was responsible for the brutal killing of the toddler. The remains are believed to belong to the blonde-haired young girl, but the identification process could take weeks to confirm due to the state of the remains. Marion County Prosecutor Ryan Mears described the terrifying life that little Oakley had been forced to endure. This child was the victim of abuse over the course of multiple days, Mears said. This was not an isolated incident. This child suffered for a very significant period of time. And on February 9th, the culmination of that abuse led to Oakley tragically losing her life. Marshall gave a harrowing account to the police, painting a terrifying image of Waters as a man who frequently abused Oakley. According to her, the man would beat the child for minor misdemeanors such as holding a fork wrong and would often turn his abuse towards Marshall if she ever tried to intervene. Oakley's life tragically ended when Waters allegedly threw her on the floor in response to her crying because she was hungry. This violent act was followed by Waters forcing Oakley to bounce on a large rubber ball despite her being too small for the toy. When she began struggling to breathe, Marshall attempted to call 911 but was reportedly stopped by Waters. The couple then wrapped the child in a blanket and fled the home, disposing of Oakley's body in Morgan County. Marshall, now held on a $200,000 bond in Marion County Jail, faces charges of neglect and assisting a criminal. Meanwhile, Waters was arrested in Colorado after police discovered he had an outstanding warrant for child abuse, domestic assault, and battery in the presence of a minor out of Oklahoma. As the investigation continues, authorities are planning to use forensic evidence, including a positive response from a cadaver dog on the couple's vehicle, as well as recorded jail phone calls from Waters. This community is left reeling from the shocking tragedy that unfolded under their noses. Neighbors spoke of the house where the murder allegedly occurred, owned by Waters' mother, being a source of trouble for years. However, no one could have anticipated the horror that was really being perpetrated behind its doors. Number one, Isaac Komisarczyk. The July of 2017 in Denver, Colorado started off like any other. But beneath the ordinary summer scenes, an eerie mystery was quietly unfurling at the Woodstream Village Apartments on East Harvard Avenue. A resident of the complex, an 82-year-old man had been reported missing earlier in the month. Little did everyone know his whereabouts were much closer than they had imagined. The revelation began in late July when residents in the complex began to notice a pungent smell but 
No one could seem to pin down where exactly it was coming from. When the building manager got into an elevator one day and after receiving several complaints, he too noticed a powerful and unpleasant odor and so he called in the Denver Fire Department. They searched and noticed the smell was strongest in the elevator. Upon opening it up, looking down the shaft, that's when they saw the body. 29-year-old Itu Sakamo, whose apartment was near the elevator shaft, was one of the tenants who complained about the pervasive stench. I thought maybe it was somebody's food, Itu mentioned in an interview with the Denver Post. An understandable assumption turned horrifying realization as the source of the smell was then revealed. News of the discovery started to percolate through the complex. It was, in fact, the missing man, Isaac Komisarchik. As news channels picked up the story, the complex fell under a shadow of alarm and uncertainty. 22-year-old Sarah Ames heard the news from her roommate on a Tuesday night, and her response was one of panic and urgency. She proclaimed, I'm going to the leasing office to see if I can break the lease. This event highlighted a notable failing by Star Property Management. Despite repeated complaints by residents about the smell, it took over a week for the issue to be addressed. But really, the question that still haunts the residents and investigators was how exactly the elderly man's body ended up in the elevator shaft in the first place. Some residents noted that there had been work going on in the garage prior to the body's discovery raising more questions about this freaky incident. Ultimately, though, it was discovered that Isaac had gotten stuck in the elevator and, for whatever reason, decided to try to climb out, where he ended up either falling to his death or the elevator began to move again and he was crushed. But remember, if you get stuck in an elevator, never get out. The building knows it's not moving and you will get help, eventually. It's not surprising that with so many people in the world, we're bound to hear strange stories about where bodies turn up. And while we know this, it doesn't make these stories any easier to digest. We all want to go out peacefully and want the same for others. So when we hear about these kinds of stories, it's jarring. Because in the back of our minds, we hope that when our time comes, we aren't found in some weird place. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this Patreon-only patrons exclusive. I really appreciate all the support. Hope you enjoyed this one. I'll see you guys soon.